Hey friend, have you heard about the Hooks to Crick Ministries Translation Project? Currently, we're working with missionaries and pastors worldwide as we translate Awake My Soul, Three Ways to Ignite Your Relationship with God. This is a new resource that's out there to help anyone walk through a one-on-one time with God, a personal one-on-one. God is all about building relationships with His children. And friends, sometimes that can be a little intimidating and you don't know where to start. So this resource, it walks you through three biblical practices within a minimum of 15 minutes. And we're translating it in multiple languages. So if you'd like to be a part of this translation project, log on to hookstercrook.com. Are you ready for today's episode? Let's start the show. Welcome to the Red River Podcast. I'm your host, Candice Reyes, and I am thrilled you chose to join me today. Our guest is Rachel G. Scott, and Rachel and I talked about some of the difficulties she faced when she stepped out in obedience to God's calling. Rachel saw a need, but didn't understand why that need wasn't being met until God opened up her eyes to see that she was the person he wanted to use to meet that need. Rachel shared how God equipped her for this task and gave her the focus to step out and be the vessel he designed her to be. Through her ministry, she has inspired and encouraged multiple women to step out into their own calling. My friend Rachel G. Scott is a wife, a mother, and Ohio native. As a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur, she has been featured on television, podcasts, radio, devotionals, and blogs. Rachel is the founder of I Can't Come Down Movement, an organization dedicated to helping women walk in their purpose and assignment with focus. She is a former Huffington Post contributor and current version and Moody Radio Cleveland partner. I can't wait for you to hear my chat with Rachel. So grab some paper and a pen with your favorite cup and let's dive in to my chat with Rachel G. Scott. Hey, Rachel, I'm so glad you came to join me on the Red River podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you are a very busy woman. You are a mom and a wife, and you also serve in ministry in multiple areas. How do you get it all done? What does a typical day look like for you? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, of course, when I I wake up, I'm, um, you know, something new that I've started is I drink a bottle of water the first thing when I wake up, because that just really gets my day going. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, this is something simple, but it really is helpful for those of us that are always moving and going. Um, and then I get my kids ready. I get my kids ready and out the door this year. They're in school prior to this year, even before, you know, everything that happened in 2020, they were actually homeschooled. And this year they wanted to go back to um, traditional school or public school. So we sent them to school this year and it's going well so far. So I get them off to school and then I come back home and I head into my office space and I sit and whatever the day brings me, whether it's a call or like a client call, or um, I'm doing some type of podcast recording, um, the, it varies on what I'm doing that day, working on some writing for my book. And then the evening comes and I'm in what I like to call the second part of my day, <laughs> which is... <laughs> cooking dinner, getting the kids ready for bed. Thankfully, my husband is very, very hands-on and he helps with just about anything. If he sees that um, I haven't cooked at a certain time, he has about one or two meals he cooks really well. <laughs> yes, he will yes. go in the kitchen and he will cook those meals. So I make sure that we always have those things here. <laughs> the supplies, and yeah, absolutely. The supplies. <laughs> and then I try to 
end the day by my husband and I just sitting down talking um, and then get ready for bed. I like to spend time with God in the evening. I like to spend time with God in the morning, but lately uh, the evening seems to be where it's quieter and calmer mm. for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm spending my quiet time journaling, talking to God, listening, and then reading his word. That's awesome. Yeah. Your day is completely filled with something it is filled to the brim. <laughs> now, when you say you drink a bottle of water, how large of a bottle do you drink? Just the 16.9 ounce bottle. Okay. When I okay. wake up, I ha- I'll put a case next to the bed and um, drink the water first thing in the morning. Then I'll try to drink like a veggie drink after that. Okay. Some type of drink with vegetables and juice. And then I'll get breakfast or lunch or something. <laughs> okay. Now, are you a normal, like, is does drinking water, is that not a, a task for you? Do you like water <laughs> or is that something, like a I chore? Actually, I do like water. I just don't think to drink it ah. as often as I should. Yes. So trying to, but I know when my body hasn't had enough. So I've been kind of working through that process. So I'm like, if I can get water in first thing in the morning and I always drink water before bed, a bottle of water before bed, then all I have to work on is that in between time. (laughs) Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay. Well, how did you recognize that God was calling you into this leading leadership role into ministry and stepping out in faith in this calling that, that God has placed in your life? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I think when I was younger, I always kind of felt like there was something unique or unique about me. I I never really fit in, but yet I was friends with everyone. Mm -hmm. And the things that I would do, I often did alone, often did by myself, um, just because of, I believe, the calling that God had on me. Mm -hmm. So I went to college, did all the, those things. And then it's interesting because what I went to college for, I didn't even picture myself doing. So I went to college, got my bachelor's in sociology and my master's in business administration, because honestly, I felt like, Hey, if all else fails, at least I have an MBA, right? Mm, <laughs> so I'm like I can right. do something with this. I don't know what yet, right? but I hadn't quite figured out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, when my husband and I, we got married, we actually were both working full-time. Well, I was working part-time and my husband was working full-time and somewhere along the way, I realized that I wanted to go into speaking. And I, and I, and I said to myself, if I want to speak, the first thing for me to do is to try to figure out how to stand in front of kids because they look at you crazy and you have to know how to deal with all of their facial expressions. And if I can deal with their facial expressions, I can deal with adults any day. So I was working for the state at the time, and I actually quit that job to become a substitute teacher so that I could learn how to stand in front of people confidently. Now, just a real quick back backtrack. I actually went to college and I took, um, I want to say it was communications. And this was the teacher that everyone said, no one passes her class. Everyone fails her class. She's just so difficult, so horrible. And I was like, challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, when I went to her class, I did so well. And I stood in, in that class and it was of course communications and I had to do presentations and I loved it. And I was like, this is weird. This has nothing to do with anything I'm doing. And I got an A in her class. So not only did I like accept the challenge, I got an A in the class and I actually started kind of liking it, but that was about it. I never, I didn't think any more of it until that time when I decided to go into substitute teaching. Wow. Well, through that process, um, my husband and I, we also had a blended family. So we wanted to start working on blended family things and really create some resources for people. And so we established a blended family um, organization called Better Than Blended. And it's still present and still moving now. We're not as hands-on anymore, but it's still doing things now. 
But then through that, um, that is when I really started to feel a nudging from just seeing women and seeing people that were being called to do something God had called them to do, but were not moving. Mm. And it started to really bother me. I'm like, what is happening? Because I have, I'd always been the kind of person that even when it was hard, I was willing to be obedient. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why aren't they doing what God called them to do? Like what's happening here? Right. And I came across Nehemiah and um, was reading the story of Nehemiah. And I came across Nehemiah six and three, where he says, I'm working on something great and I can't come down. And then I continue to read through and I'm like, man, Nehemiah was like really focused and yeah, that transition for him was uncomfortable. He had to make a really uncomfortable decision, but he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of became the message that not kind of, but it did. It became the message behind this movement that God gave me, but I didn't know what to do with it. I just knew, okay, I can't come down. Sounds great. I, I don't know what to do with it. So I continued working <laughs> um, because I didn't, I had no clue, but I could not shake this feeling mm-hmm. and I couldn't unsee what I started to notice about people not moving and what God had called them to do. And it wasn't in a condemning way, but I was convicted as to what do I need to do to help? Mm-hmm. How can I make sure people are doing? And they had these great things that these great visions from God, these great um, things that they could build upon, mm-hmm. but they just had, were just stuck, not moving. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want to say maybe two years after this whole, I can't come down thing came about, God really nudged on me to do a conference and I didn't want to, I'd actually done a blended family conference. And I said, this is the last conference I will ever do. Not because it was bad because it was a lot of work. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sure, you know, it was a lot of work and I was like, (laughs) no, 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 Rachel's not doing this. And even when I was there, people were like, Rachel, you need to do another conference. I'm like, I'm not, that's okay. You know, there are people who are gifted in this and it is not me. Right. Right. And I want to say maybe six months later, after whining and crying to God and saying, I don't want to do it in another conference. Um, I felt like I needed to do, I can't come down conference. So I put this conference out there and I created an Eventbrite, find a location. And I, I had actually talked to some people and they were like, well, you know, um, well, I actually went to someone else's conference. Let me say that I actually went to someone else's conference and they said, well, this conference started and she only had about 40 people at the first event. I was like, oh, I can do 40 people. I could talk in front of 40 people any day. No problem at all. Okay. I could put on a conference for 40 people. So I say yes to doing the conference based off of it being 40 people. Let me just clarify. The number was 40. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I created an event, right? I posted. And back then it was like easier to post onto Facebook when you create an event, right? So I did the connecting, didn't pay for any advertising, didn't pay for anything. Next thing I know, people start signing up for this conference. And I'm like, huh? The next thing I know, it's like 40, 60, 100, 150, 200. I'm like, what is happening right now? What is going on? Where are these people coming from? But I'm looking at the names because, you know, you can see the name. of the I was like, I don't know any of these people. I didn't run an ad or anything. What's happening? By the end where I closed it, it was like 260 people I signed up for this conference. Wow. And I was completely confused, scared, and amazed all in the same breath. And it was then that I realized, yep, this is a, this is a message people need. This yes. is something people are resonating with. They are trying to figure out 
what to do now. And the whole conference, it was called, I can't come down, walking in your purpose and assignment with focus. So make a, make a long story short, cause I feel like this story has been a little long, but um, to make a long story short, the conference happens about 150 people show up because of course people register, don't show up. And when right. we get there, the people that I knew were now volunteers because I didn't anticipate to have this many people here. And so they were like, Hey, Rachel, you know, all these, you know, this much people. I'm like, no, I don't like the people that I know are volunteering. That's why you're a volunteer. Cause I thought 40 people were coming. Right. Right. <laughs> and from there, the, I can't come down movement really evolved because it was confirmed that there was a message that was needed. Mm. And of course, from there, it continues to just cultivate and grow. Wow. That's incredible. Now, right now I'm in the process of actually hosting a conference myself in June, the Red Rover Women's Conference. And to hear your story, it's, it does two things for me. Number one, it, it gives me hope um, because there are so many women, I think that, that are ready right now for a conference to start joining together with other women and to hear hope in a way that they may not have heard it on a video. They're, they're ready to see actual people and to do life together. And so that, that is very inspiring. Um, the other thing, the other part of it is kind of makes me nervous because I, I only have a certain amount of people that can come to this particular event because that's just how many we can house in our, in, in the facility. And so I'm like, oh, okay. You had like over 200 and something register say what? Yes. But that is, that's how our God is. He is so abundant with how much he loves and gives and, and blesses his children. And I just think that is just so beautiful and such a great illustration of just how, you know, we always have our idea of what, of what we think, you know, he's asking us to accomplish, but girl, it is above and beyond what we could ever expect when it comes to say, when it comes down to it. And I think that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. I honestly can say that um, I think if he would have told me there were going to be 150 people at the conference, I would have continued to delay in it. Mm. Um, but because my mind, I came up with my own number. He was like, okay, whatever number you want to tell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that number. You know, I, I always mm-hmm. love to say that God will be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, which we know is scripture. But sometimes he's literally the lamp. He's just going to show me the next step. And other times yes. he's the, the, the light where he's, I get to see further along. That was one of those moments where he was just, was the lamp. He's like, okay, next step. That that's it. I'm not even going to show you the, the full picture. <laughs> Cause it's going to freak you out. So yes. I'm going to, I want you to rely on me so I can continue to build you and get you ready for that step that you're exactly. going to need. So that's incredible. Exactly. Now on this new adventure, Rachel, there, ha- there have probably been some setbacks along the way. I'm sure you faced, and I I'd love for you to share one of those setbacks with us today. And then how did you face that setback with perseverance? what yeah. you, and what did you learn from it? I want to, you know, I wanted to be completely transparent because I think that the setback I face is one that a lot of people face along the way, which is just financial. Mm. Um, you know, there's, we have these great visions mm-hmm. and we have these great assignments from God, but often we're like, how am I going to do that with where I'm at right now? Mm-hmm. And that was it for me. I remember around the time that I was getting ready to do this, there were so many financial challenges I came into. I mean, you name it, it, it happened from mm. 
things going on in the house, appliances breaking down, cars getting like randomly, the window of my front car got smashed um, just from the, the chimney ceiling blowing off from wind. It was, there were so many things. My son was my youngest son was in the hospital because he dealt with a lot of respiratory things. Um, I mean, we were in foreclosure, our house was in foreclosure and we were dealing with bankruptcy. There were so many financial challenges that were going on. And then God is saying, I want you to do this conference. And I'm like, how, mm-hmm. how does this look? But when I tell you that, you know, I heard someone say, I want to say it was, um, Shea Bynes. She said that God will a lot of times we look at God and we think that he's just going to take care of the ministry, but not take care of us. Mm. But God is a God who will take care of us. And he will take care of that ministry of that business of whatever he's placed in our hands to do. And it was in that season that I learned it because I look back and I'm like, it is so true. I, the righteous will not be forsaken. And I never once had to beg for bread. Um, the, the financial challenges were real. They were completely present. But when I look back at that, he carried me through each and every setback or seeming setback that happened during that time. He was fully there in the most unimaginable, unpredictable, uncalculated ways. Mm. Oh, amen. I needed to hear that personally um, because you're right. Hosting a conference, it, it takes a lot of money. And, and you know, when money's tight, it's really hard. And you're like, okay, Lord, I don't see how this is going to work. But again, he he keeps reminding us, I've been faithful every step of the way. Continue to trust in me. I'm going to provide. Just trust. So thank you for sharing that. That was so good. Now, how did you persevere through that time, Rachel? Um, I want to say that that time got me so deep into my word. I started to study the word differently. Before, when I would study the word, I would just read through it. Um, there were times I didn't even study the word just to be transparent. I was living off of the overflow of church services or mm-hmm. you know Bible studies or something like that. It became very real to me during that season mm-hmm. where I needed to know what the word said to, for me. And so I started to read the word of God out loud. This has been the greatest blessing for me because it literally allowed me to shape the reality that I lived in. And I was engaging more senses than just my, my mind, which isn't even a sense, but you know what I mean? Like I was doing more than just reading Mm -hmm. my, my fingers would, would go across. So I'm touching, I'm speaking it out of my mouth. My ears are hearing the words. It created such a belief in me about what I was reading because I started to read the word out loud. So I would find scriptures that were applicable to that season into what I was going through. And I would just read them. I would read them out loud. I would write them down. Um, and I would just carry those and really treasure those in my heart on a more practical um, perspective. Cause I know a lot of people, they want the spiritual and the practical mm-hmm. as well. Both are important. More practically, um, I really leaned into relationships that I felt could um, encourage me, the mm-hmm. right relationships, not just those people that were like, okay, you're going through, you know, I'll pray for you. But those people that were like, okay, let's pray together. What's, what's going on? How can I, how can I help? Um, what does it look like for me to be present in your life in this season? Mm-hmm. And 
those people that understood what I was going through, you know, not just someone I had to explain in detail every single thing, but they are like, I've been there just kind of like I just did with you. Like I, I get, re- I, I get putting a conference together. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much value in having those kind of relationships around you. And I really, really leaned into those. That's, that's a good word. That is a really good word because you're right. We need to have, um, people surrounding us and encouraging us and lifting us up and even, even sharpening us. Right. I mean, when we are being sharpened, it's not always pleasant. (laughs) It it can hurt sometimes, but you know what? It is still for our good. And, um, I, I, I'm grateful for your words. So thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. It's funny you say it's sharpened because I just, um, shared a U version devotional that I wrote called, are you sharpenable? Because, mm. because it is, it's hard to be sharpened. It's hard to have someone say, Hey, this is something that I see that is, you know, maybe it's not honoring God, or it's not allowing you to, to live up to the standard of holiness that God would want you to. Um, mm. But it's, it's an important part of our walk and we become better when we sharpen each other. Amen. Amen. So what, what are you passionate about, Rachel? Like what, what gives, gets you going? Oh, okay. Two things. The first one would be writing and helping writers. I love writing, helping writers, reading stuff that has to do with writing, all of that. Um, but I specifically love to help writers learn how to communicate their message to the masses. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges for me in being a writer in the past was, okay, I wrote this. Now, how do I get it? people to read it mm-hmm. how do I get it in front of people right and I think that's a challenge for a lot of people because they see themselves as just writers but they don't necessarily know how to get this message that they're passionate about in front of people so that's that is my passion is to help writers know how to communicate their message um and to actually get their message in front of people so that's now, the first thing now how do you do that so what what are some of the ways that you do that I have a program called next level writers and mm-hmm. in that program, we create a whole pathway for them where I like to call it PPE. It's a pathway products and execution. So we create a pathway where you, your writing becomes more of a career where you can see how it can become a career path for you. Mm-hmm. And for your specific writing genre, what you're writing about, and then um, creating products around it that are specific to what you're writing about that can serve your people and then executing it, going out there and launching whatever it is that you are writing about. Um, I also just try to share opportunities with people that are in the group. So anyone that's been a part of my Next Level Writers group, if there's an opportunity that to write for a specific platform or anything that I feel like it will be beneficial, um, even like media opportunities, I will share those with them so that they can continue to get that message out there. And you also have a quiz, don't you, on your, on your website, I saw that talks about your focus? Yes. So of course we can't talk about, um, walking in your purpose and assignment without focus, right? So we right. have focus to do that. And I noticed that that was one of the greatest challenges because there's so many distractions. So how can I help people stay focused? So the quiz is called the focus IQ quiz, and it is, um, centered around really helping them either realize that, do I need clarity? Do I need direction or do I need to take action? And how can I do that? So it's just a seven part quiz where they answer those questions. It's right on the, I can't come down website. Um, and they would answer seven quick engaging questions and then really get some tools to help them 
make the next step for the assignment God has given them. And friends, I just want to encourage you to go and take that quiz because I am taking the quiz today. I want to see what Rachel has to say about my focus because, you know, doing a, this whole entire living this out as a life on mission and serving, sometimes our focus can be, you know, not exactly as pinpoint as we need it to be. And so I, I plan on taking this quiz and I hope you will go and take this quiz as well. Um, Rachel, could you share a cup of wisdom to our listeners today who maybe are struggling to live a life on mission and what kind of words of encouragement or maybe even a scripture that you might could give that person as they're listening, going, I just, I just don't know how to keep going. I just don't know. I don't know how to continue to live this life on mission. You know, you, we, we've talked about how writers, they, they can get into that path of just going, I don't know how to get my message out. I don't know how to do any of this. How would you encourage that, that person who is like, I'm about ready to stop this because it's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's such a good question. There's there's a couple of things I will say. The, the first thing is really making obedience to God a non-negotiable. Mm. Um, when we do that, it allows us to remove the barriers that would say, okay, there's options. I can or I can't. And mm-hmm. now I'm only looking for the opportunities to mm-hmm. walk in what God has called me to do. So when I make a, obedience to God a non-negotiable, now I can see the opportunities to do what he's called me to do. I love um, second, second Thessalonians, I want to say 111, where um, Paul says, and I pray that, and, and I, the wording may be a little off, but essentially he says, I pray that you will do all that God has accomplished you to do. I pray that you will have the power to do all that God has accomplished you to do. Mm. And that is always my prayer for people that God will give you the power to do all that he has um, called you Mm -hmm. to do. And I really believe that um, when we know that we don't have to do this alone, that God has equipped us with it, Mm -hmm. that God is empowering us to do his good work, then it becomes much easier. It's not our work. It's his. And we get to partner with him in accomplishing his great work. Yes. Amen. And I, I, you know, one of the one of the things I tend to hold on to as well is my success is in my yes. And that's it. Everything else is his. And so reminding myself that just me saying, yes, I have already been successful. Whatever God chooses to do with whatever I put out there, it's his, it's for his glory. Anyways, it's not mine. Yes. And so just, that has really helped me as I've been walking along this journey as well It's just to remind myself that because we're going to face a lot of um, rejection as we, you know, continue to write or continue to uh, podcast or speak or any of those, any of those things. And sometimes even you're going up for a new job because you feel like God has asked you to do that. Even if that person says, I'm sorry, we're, we've gone a different route. Just know that your yes means you were successful and whatever God is calling you to do, he's going to open the door when it is time and his timing and trust his process, which can be very, very challenging, but trust his process. And I love how you talk about a few minutes ago, how, how you dove into God's word, because that is the key. If we know who we serve intimately, then we know we can trust him and what he says that we're going to be doing or what the purpose he put on our lives. Because friends, he has been dreaming over this for you 
before you are even crafted in your mother's womb. He has been dreaming about you and dreaming about what you can be. And how amazing is that? That God has put this dream inside of you so that you could live it out for his glory. So I, I'm so grateful for your message today, Rachel, and how you're, you're continuing to point others into that direction that God has called them to do and helping them have that courage to step out and live that life on mission just for him. Now, yes. can you share with us, where can I friends find you? Because they're going to want to figure out how to do this quiz and how to get in touch with you and connect with you. So could you share with us how we can do that? Absolutely. And real quick, I want to read the scripture because I like to make sure I'm right in the scriptures. It's yeah. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to, to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. That's the scripture. Amen. Okay. They can find me on ICan'tComeDown.com. Um, or, or you can go to basically any social media platform. And um, if you go to at I am Rachel G Scott.com. So I am Rachel G Scott.com. You can find me there updates. Um, I'm actually coming out with a podcast January, 2022. Not sure when this Yay! I'm super excited about is taking the leap podcast. And the reason I'm excited about that is because when you take the quiz, a lot, what I found is that a lot of people um, their response was action and they needed mm. to take action. And so I wanted to help to encourage people to take that action. So in that podcast, there are stories from so many people who took leaps, their journeys, their stories. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to so many people to take the action God is calling them to. Amen. That is awesome. Okay, guys. So I hope you'll reach out, reach out to Rachel, take the quiz, because again, like I said, God has given you a purpose. So let's figure out where we need to really focus in on and live that out. Thank you, Rachel, for joining me today on today's show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, friend, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my guest, and I hope you thought about a friend who could possibly use this episode as well to give them some encouragement to move forward in living this missional lifestyle. That's a really easy way for us to share the good news is just share it with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear back from you. It takes a few seconds just to write a little review, and we read each and every one of them. I also want to encourage you to check out our website, hookstocrook.com, to find out more about our translation project and also to learn about our Red Rover Women's Conference that's coming up on June 10th and 11th in Brookshire, Texas. We have amazing speakers and phenomenal musicians coming to spend time with our women and Right now, we have an early bird special pricing for this conference. It's a two-day conference, only costing $75. But that price only lasts till December 31st. So if you're interested in joining us for the Red Rover Women's Conference theme, Love Where You Are, then log on to hookstercrook.com slash mhmerch. All right, friend. Thanks again for coming and hanging out with us today. I hope you have a blessed day.